Live Mike. Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the live mic. Uh, I am your host, Michael Beck, of course, of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And we're hanging out with you today talking a little bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and how I believe it is the best defense the NFL has seen in the past 10 years. That is right. The Steelers defense finally put it all together against the Cleveland Browns in their Week 6 matchup, playing a full 60 minutes. The defensive line, linebackers, safeties, they were all in it. They were all making plays, and it finally felt like for the first time that uh, the defense was firing on all cylinders. If this is what we can expect from the Steelers' defense week in and week out, then I can certainly tell you without a shadow of a doubt, this is a Super Bowl contending team because when you have a defense of this caliber, there is no one that can possibly stop you. If your offense only needs to score 10 points per game, you're going to win a ton of football games and the Steelers have just enough offense to do that. This team putting it all together starts up front. You see the big guys dominating the Cleveland Browns offensive line. You've pretty much seen it all year and through the past couple years. Stephon Tewitt and Cam Hayward, when they're both healthy, they are pushing offensive guards and centers back. They're making plays in the backfield. Not only are they sacking quarterbacks, but they are stuffing the run game. You saw it twice on fourth down. Tewitt and Hayward collapsing the interior three offensive linemen, allowing the linebackers to make plays in the backfield, stuffing the Browns twice. And against an offensive line that is as talented as the Browns are and is one that is as talented as you're going to see throughout an entire season, you can absolutely say without a shadow of a doubt this is an elite defensive line. And that's a word you're going to hear a lot when I break down each and every one of these positions throughout these first five games for the Steelers. Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt, uh, their impact was immense. You've seen it all season long, and it really came to fruition this past game. And I think you're going to continue to see it as the season moves along. Stefan Tuitt is really picking up in, in the sack game, currently sitting with five, four rather. Uh, Cam Hayward with one and a half. He missed a sack in the game, but uh, it ended up uh, an interception in the hands of Cam Sutton. You see these guys making plays. They're competing with one another to get sacks. And it's one of the things you're going to see with this entire defensive front. There's going to be multiple, multiple guys that end up with double-digit sacks. Cam Cam Hayward is one of the guys that's consistently been flirting around that 10-sack number the past number of seasons. He might not get there, not because his talent's dropping off, because the guys around him are beating him to the quarterback. It is one of those outstanding things when you look at this team – Bud Dupree, he's leading the team in sacks. He surpassed T.J. Watt. He is five. T.J. Watt himself is four and a half. Stephon Tewitt has four. Mike Hilton has three. Those four guys are on pace for double-digit sacks. Vince Williams, he has two, followed by Cam Hayward with a sack and a half and four other guys with a single sack. It is one of those things that is a beautiful thing to see when each and every one of those guys are uh, beating each other, the quarterback. It really is a pick-your-poison for teams' offenses. And when uh, you have so many guys that are on that elite level of uh, of the football game, you really 
see it when teams are trying to game plan and figure out who to block double team. It just doesn't happen. Teams cannot figure out who to block double team because when you put so much assets towards two or three guys, the fourth one is going to beat you. If they're chipping on TJ Watt and having a running back floating over on that side, you can bet Bud Dupree's bringing down your quarterback. If they are focusing more on those exterior two pass rushers, you're going to see both Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt get in the backfield. And another name that I haven't mentioned yet, Tyson Alalu, is having a career year. We've seen it out of him the past number of seasons. Anytime an interior defense lineman went down, Tyson Alulu stepped in and played Big time football. This year with Javon Hargrave moving out to Philadelphia, Tyson got the action on the field and he has taken he has taken it and ran. Tyson Alalu has been one of the best interior defensive linemen in all of football. It doesn't just come from one or two spots, one or two games rather. He is doing it on a weekly basis. Tyson Alulu has been one of those guys that have been one of the unsung names for this defense and there has been a ton of them. When you continue to look back at at this linebacking group, the Steelers have obviously the loss of Devin Bush for the year is going to sting. It'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of subsequent moves the Steelers make because if they were to call someone up off the practice roster, then a spot were to open up in the practice roster. No matter what happens, the Steelers are going to bring in another body, whether it is a trade, free agent, uh, snatching someone up off another team's practice roster, like perhaps a Nigel Bradham. They're all possibilities. But even with the loss of Devin Bush, I still think the Steelers linebackers are flirting with that elite level. You see it in Watton Dupree, of course, as the outside guys. But the interior two, Vince Williams, has brought his game back to an extremely high level. He looks really, really good this year. He's been a thumper, and he makes plays in the running game. It's one of the reasons why the Steelers have been so good at defending the running attack. And it's one of the reasons why when they take on the Tennessee Titans, I believe the Steelers can knock off the Titans and continue their undefeated stretch in the season because they can stop a guy like Derrick Henry like I don't believe any other team in the NFL possibly could and they've done it week in week out they did it to Saquon Barkley in the only week he was healthy for an entire stretch of game they did it to Kareem Hunt and the Cleveland Browns number one rushing attack it doesn't matter the opponent that they have in front of them each and every week they come out and they stuff the point of the attack. And it's one of the reasons is because the linebackers are not afraid of contact. Speaking of one of the guys that could replace Devin Bush and isn't afraid of contact, Robert Bobby Spillane. This guy is flying around making plays. You saw it um, all day against the Cleveland Browns when he entered the game after Devin's unfortunate injury. Robert Spillane was laying the wood. He was bringing the hammer down. If I learned anything about this guy, I knew coming in the season he was a special teams beast that wasn't afraid of contact. And after that game, I learned that Robert Spillane is a thumper who is not afraid of contact. He wore the green dot and he will roll this defense and they will continue along Spillane at linebacker. I am not worried about him if he is the starting option moving forward throughout the rest of this season. Robert Spillane was outstanding against the Browns in the second half. I'm excited to see what he can do against a guy like Derrick Henry and then moving along into Baltimore and then Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas after that. There are some challenges for this rush defense moving forward, but they've already proved throughout the season that they're not afraid of anyone and they're going to stop the run. That will be interesting to see uh, the next couple matchups and see what they do. But this defense has proved time and time again that they will stop the run.
It's one of those things. This entire interior front seven has been at a level that is higher than that, I believe, of that 2007 Giants team that willed themselves over an undefeated New England Patriots team that felt like they were going to win the Super Bowl. No problem, hands down. It came to that interior, really front four for those Giants. The Steelers' talent on that level, I think, is possibly even better than those guys. It is one of those things where you could potentially see all front four guys picking up double-digit sacks. The only reason why it won't happen is because they're going to steal sacks from one another, like I mentioned earlier. When you continue to look back on this entire defensive front and you look more in the secondary now, you're looking at those corners. Mike Hilton leading the team in tackles. Potential double-digit sack guy. He's defensed three passes. He's got a pick. He's recovered a fumble. What hasn't this guy done throughout this season? He has been Mr. Reliable, and the Steelers plug and play him at a lot of positions, and Mike Hilton has been outstanding. And that isn't the name that you should think, first of all, when you're thinking this secondary, but he has proven himself worthy of being one of those top defensive backs and the best nickel corner there is in football. The Steelers' defense has a guy that could be deemed the best at his position at a number of spots, and it is not something you see on a yearly basis. It's one of the reasons why the Steelers' defense is so so good, and it's why they're better than so many defenses that have come before it. We'll get more into those uh, defenses that they compare to in the second part, but continuing right along looking at this team, you look at those outside two cornerbacks, Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson. I know some of them have caught the ire of Steelers Nation a few plays, but I think this defensive game plan has finally figured out a way to meld them into the, or into the defense rotation and not put them in positions where they will no doubt fail just because they are left on such incredible islands. Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson have been racking up interceptions, knocking down passes, and shutting down number one wide receivers. And they've done it each and every week, even when they have absolutely no help behind them. They've been burnt a time or two, but I think the ball on that has finally dropped, and I can't see it happening as frequently as it has in the past. I think as we continue to move along throughout this season, you're going to see these defensive backs intercept more passes, knock down more passes, make plays on the football, step up into the running game, and really not allow teams to score many points like you saw out of the Cleveland Browns. Remember, that Browns offense is potentially the best talented team that they have faced so far, and the Steelers rose to the occasion and almost held them scoreless if it wasn't for one drive at the end of the first half. If the Browns ran out of time, remember, there's only a minute there. They they would have shut out the Browns. And when you look at that team, Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the best receivers in football. Jarvis Landry, one of the best receivers in football. Austin Hooper, who's someone the Steelers absolutely beat up when you look at the highlights of that game. He took three huge, massive hits. He's a top 10 tight end. They took him out of the game. Kareem Hunt in the number one rushing uh, offense completely stopped. Baker Mayfield and his Pretty efficient start, top 10 efficiency rating, of course, quarterbacks in the NFL. The Steelers beat him up so bad, he dropped from number 10 to number 17 with a 5 a five rating in QB rating. He completely fell off a cliff because the Steelers did such a number to him. 
continuing along with these defensive positions and what they can kind of do. We're going to keep it at corner because when you look at the depth at corner, Justin Lane had to come in for a couple plays and he looked fine. Cam Sutton showed off an incredible vertical leap for an interception of Baker Mayfield, his second pick of the day on Sunday. There is a lot of depth. If someone gets hurt and has to miss some time, I think the next man up for the Steelers secondary potentially could be starters on a number of teams throughout the entire NFL. You don't see that a lot out of these legendary teams. Usually those legendary defenses, the guys stay healthy. The Steelers, I feel like if there's an injury or two, will still be an elite defense because they have elite depth. And especially the quarterback position, one that has been a weakness for this team for years, dating back even before Ike Taylor, I would say, it is now a position of strength. And the Steelers have done it in unconventional ways. They have gone to the free agent market. They have they have made trades. They've done stuff that uh, this team hasn't typically done in the past because I think Kevin Colbert and company realized drafting corners hasn't been their strong suit, and they figured out a way to correct it. Behind them at safety, you potentially have maybe even the best player on the defense in Minka Fitzpatrick. I know some of Steelers Nation might scoff at that statement, but when you think about it, Minka Fitzpatrick has not been targeted at all this year. Very minimal amount of targets, and when you see the ball thrown his way uh, at very early in that Cleveland Browns game, what did he do? He picked it off, and he took it to the house for six. What that tells me is teams watching this film and knowing uh, what uh, they've seen out of teams' game plan against Minka in the past— the ball is never going to be thrown his way throughout the rest of the season. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Quarterbacks and offensive coordinators are going to look for number 39. They're going to say, whoever he's on, whatever his zone is, the ball is not allowed to go there. I don't care who the receiver is. Minka Fitzpatrick is a ball hawk, and he's going to make plays on the ball. If they can't throw the ball his way and he shuts down a complete half of the field, the Steelers' defense is only going to feast more. When you look at his running mate, Terrell Edmonds, someone that Steelers fans have trashed since the moment they drafted him, calling him a reach. He he probably was when he was drafted, but Terrell Edmonds is coming into his own. He has shut down receivers no matter the option that he's been put on week in, week out. Terrell Edmonds is playing the best football of his career. You watch him on tape. Terrell Edmonds is shutting guys down. He's not allowing receptions. He's hauling guys down for tackles and not missing tackles. Terrell Edmonds has been a guy that has stepped up and absolutely earned everything that he's gotten this season and earned that starting spot. I couldn't see a free agent uh, strong safety coming in and taking his job. I I don't think there's too many guys that the Steelers would trust more at that strong safety spot. He's been so good that that free agency uh, end of of training camp addition of Sean Davis – hasn't even seen the field. There's been no point to put in a guy like Sean Davis, who was a starter at that spot for a number of years. This Steelers defense has been one of those, one of those special, special groups. They've done some outstanding things already, and it hasn't even been half a season yet. Each and every single one of their games this year, they've gotten at least one interception and at least three sacks in each and every game. Only two teams have done that in NFL history. One, I believe, was a Packers team more than 50 years ago. The other is your 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. The strength of this team is the defense, and they are firing on all cylinders right now. We're going to get more into this uh, great defensive talk and compare them to some uh, teams of the past decade after this quick break. So so stick with us. We will uh, chat with you a little bit more on the other side. You are listening to Live Mike, and I am Michael Beck. 
are back into the Steelers talk, talking this legendary defense on the cusp of greatness about the Steelers 2020 defense who finally look like they are firing on all cylinders and what that means for this team moving forward and their legacy compared to the last 10 years of defense across the NFL and potentially their legacy throughout the existence of professional football. The Steelers team has been kind of up and down, shaky against some lesser opponents the first four weeks of the season. I think that was a whole lot of this team trying to figure out what their identity is. I think they finally have figured it out and put themselves in position to be successful with each and every spot on their roster. Before, in the first four weeks of the season, the Steelers were an all-out blitzing attack, forcing teams to throw the ball down the field with not a whole lot amount of time and uh, completely taking away the running game at the the sacrifice of deep ball passes and quick slant-type plays. Against the Cleveland Browns, the Steelers were able to get after opposing team's quarterback, Baker Mayfield, sending four or even just three guys. This team, I think, has realized they are good enough to get home on those passing downs without sending the house and are able to let guys like Minka Fitzpatrick roam a little bit more, uh, let their cornerbacks have a little bit more help, play uh, play a little bit uh, less tight uh, coverage in in man and and their zones kind of look better and uh, I think they just straight up game plan the game better this past week it was uh, one of those outstanding things to see It, it really feels like this defense now is in prime position to continue this great stretch moving into the future when you look at this defense 50 years from now if they're able to win the Super Bowl that is the biggest feather in their cap. That's one of the things that legendary defenses need to be one of those defenses, one of those years that go down in history. When I say that, the first thing you probably think of is the 85 Bears. They had a a plethora of talent and a great defensive innovative system that the NFL hadn't seen before that year. And they were able to absolutely dominate teams from the point of attack. They, They really didn't allow anything through the air, on the ground, They were one of those teams that is talked about for good reason. Another one of those defenses you can think of, you could think of the 70s Steelers the entire decade because they won four Super Bowls. But the best defense out of all of those years is usually called the 76 Steelers, a team that didn't win the Super Bowl, a team that faced a lot of injuries on the offensive side and they weren't able to get the job done. Had that team won a Super Bowl, I I think instead of talking about the entire decade, People might focus more on that individual team because of how great they were. This Steelers defense of 2020 has the potential to be on that level. And I think that's because by the by the end of this season and after this kind of tough three-game stretch, you see them take on some lesser opponents and then the harder matchups that they have will take place within the, the confines of Heinz Field, which is one of those things uh, when teams have to go in a, a hostile env- environment like, like the one that is created within Pittsburgh – Teams are not successful, especially in the cold of December, in the cold of January. And as they move into the playoffs, they're going to be even more dominant if they're able to play majority of those games at home. And they put themselves in position to play all of those games at home. But when you think of this entire defense, by year's end, I think there's potential that they could be the the number one defense when it comes to total defense 
being yardage allowed. I could see them being the number one scoring defense, which is historically whoever is one of those top five scoring defenses in football. One of those top five teams is typically winning the Super Bowl. And you see that kind of year in, year out. When the Patriots were doing their thing this past decade, their defense was usually number one in scoring allowed. It was one of those things that wasn't talked about as much, but it's one of those noteworthy things that kind of goes to show how important a defense is. It's one of those stats that if your defense doesn't allow a lot of points, you're probably going to win a load of games. The Steelers also have a legendary opponent in the making, that being the Baltimore Ravens, of course, and if they're able to, save face a Kansas City Chiefs team in the playoffs. I know I'm getting ahead of myself by, uh, by even mentioning that possibly even happening, but one of those things to kind of be known as one of those legendary forces is you've got to have legendary opponents. If you can knock off Lamar Jackson a couple times this year and potentially kick him out of the playoffs, you're knocking off the, the, the league MVP, the reigning league MVP, and you're continuing along the road. That is something that doesn't get taken for granted. You look at Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, league MVP, breaking records left and right. He's He's been the best quarterback since he's taken over the job throughout the entire NFL. And it's really not even an argument since he's been the starter the past couple seasons in Kansas City. If you're able to knock those two guys off and then say take on a Seattle Seahawks team with Russell Wilson, who's right now head and shoulders above everyone else when it comes to the MVP race. If you're able to knock those three guys off, people will remember your team and remember them for a long, long time time people are already starting to talk about the Steelers defense like something I mentioned earlier in previous podcasts like once we get to about this part in the season I'm gonna be like whoa where did the Steelers come from we weren't prepared for this and it's happening it's happening for good reason too because of this defense when you look at the past 10 Super Bowl champions you will see a lot of great defensive teams you look at the Kansas City Chiefs team from a year ago talent wise they're not one of the not one of the best Super Bowl winning teams this past decade, if I'm being completely honest. They got some outstanding pass rushers. They got one of the best safeties in football in Tyron Matthew. They they really don't have too much more out of that. They they got decent uh, cornerback play, decent play out of their linebackers, good play of their defense line. They were a good defense. I would not say they were a legendary defense. They won on the strength of their offense, which is something you rarely see. And it's something that rarely happens for good reason. When you look before that, you'll look at the New England Patriots, and obviously that team was a good defensive team. The Super Bowl was 13-3, to one of the most boring in a long time, and that includes some blowouts in here. But the New England Patriots being able to hold that high-powered Los Angeles Rams defense to three points really says a lot about that organization and what they can do defensively. When you go back a year Prior to that, the Philadelphia Eagles probably had one of the best defenses that uh, a Super Bowl champion has seen the past decade. They were loaded at pass rusher, at safety, at corner. You go up and down the roster, you're like, wow, yeah, there, there's some talent here in the prime of their careers. But when you put them head-to-head against the Steelers right now, I think the Steelers have better corners in that team. When it comes to safety, obviously there's some names that uh, kind of cancel each other out. But uh, I'm still leaning to Minka Fitzpatrick, and if Terrell Edmonds can continue his growth, all of a sudden, you're looking at the Steelers secondary and you're like, man, <laughs> they they potentially have been 
one of the most deadly money forces since the Legion of Boom, since they won their Super Bowl way back in 2014. But when you look at that Legion of Boom defense, if I can skip a couple years here, they were always missing that one kind of offside corner spot, and they never really had a great nickel corner. They, of course, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, arguably all three at that time, at that year, they could have been the best strong safety, the best free safety, and the best corner in all of football which is outstanding. But then when you look at the other side, at that other cornerback, there really was kind of a, a, a recycling of players. You saw uh, Byron Maxwell, uh, Brandon Browner, uh, a few other names sprinkled in there that were not on that level, but look good because of the guys around them. This Steelers, this Steelers team potentially has the best free safety in football. I know they have the best nickel in football. That is not even an argument. And then when you look around the rest of their defense, Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden are both playing at a Pro Bowl level. And Terrell Edmonds has been one of the most improved defensive players across the entire NFL this season. And I say that without hesitation. When you look at some of the other teams that won uh, Super Bowls and you look at one team in particular, like the Denver Broncos in 2015, who won the Super Bowl and uh, had a defensive player pick up the MVP award in Von Miller. I, I, I hesitate to say any pass rusher is on the level of Von Miller that year. That was one of the best, one of the best edge, edge guys ever in, uh, for a season throughout the course of the NFL history. But when you look at their entire defensive front, I think you're, you're getting more heat out of the Steelers combined seven than those couple guys in Denver. DeMarcus Ware was on the back end of his career. Uh, you look across that, uh, that interior three, uh, you, you got Snacks Harrison there. Uh, not too much outside of that. There wasn't a crazy amount of pass rushing uh, guys that had double digit sack potential. That really got weighed on the shoulders of Von Miller, who of course carried the load. You're, you're getting a whole lot more of it out of uh, out of a number of guys on that Steelers defense. Of course, T.J. Watt is going to still be a Defensive Player of the Year uh, candidate. I, I don't think he's uh, near the, the league favorites anymore for the award. He is close. But the guys around him are <laughs> taking his sacks away. So it's going to be hard to win the award when you're not racking up the sacks. But the Steelers still have the talent to have a guy win an award like that and still have a defense that is combined better than what Von Miller had around him in 2015. You continue to look around. Of course, the Patriots won the Super Bowl a number of times. They've had some great defenses. You think about the time they had Darrell Revis, and he was probably right at the peak of his career when they won the Super Bowl. Um, their defensive front was just outstanding. You look at some other teams sprinkled in here. The Baltimore Ravens, of course, in 2012, they had a really good defense. Of Ed Reed and Ray Lewis at the back half of their career were still able to get it done. The Giants in 2011, that's still a front four that kind of compared to what the Steelers have now. Even though I think the Steelers might have a little bit more now than the Giants did in 2011. Of course, Michael Strahan was gone by that time, but the Giants still had an outstanding front Four. The 2010 Green Bay Packers, who knocked off the Steelers, had an outstanding uh, plethora of cornerbacks. Clay Matthews was one of the best defensive players in football. B.J. Raji was a, was a solid nose tackle. But outside of that, of course, you had A.J. Hawk and some of those other guys were playing good football, but they weren't up and down the roster consistently better than this Steelers team. The only thing that the Steelers defense needs to do to, be, to insert themselves in a conversation for the best defense of the past decade, at, at the very least the past decade, is win the ring. That's obviously each and every year the most important thing and the hardest thing to do. 
but they have to get the job done. They have to put the ring on their finger by season's end to be mentioned in that breath, to be in that conversation in general. So what do they have to do to get there? They got to continue to grow. They got to continue to get to the passer and they got to get to the passer even more so when they don't blitz. The funny thing is the Steelers pressure teams more than any other team in the NFL. They get sacks more than any other team in the NFL. And for the most part, they played less games than every other team in the NFL, except for three or four at this point. The Steelers defense is on a trajectory of greatness, and I believe they're going to do it. Winning that ring instantly catapults the 2020 Steelers defense in that echelon of the 2008 Steelers into that echelon of the 2007 Giants front four, the 85 Bears, the the 70 Steelers. You can go on and on, but this 2020 defense is one of the best that we've seen in a long time, and I'm excited to see what they can do. It's going to be a lot of fun watching them because a lot of wins are going to follow them, and hopefully a Super Bowl victory is on the horizon. I'm excited to see how this one plays out, but uh, I will leave you guys on that note, and I'm excited to, uh, to talk to you guys coming up later in the week. You have been listening to Behind the Steel Curtain. This is the live mic, and I am your host, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Michael Beck. We will catch you guys in the next one, and go Steelers. Go Steelers!